Hello and welcome to the Adventure Podcast. This podcast is about helping listeners learn from and meditate on our sermons from anywhere at any time. Thanks for joining and let's get started. This is going to feel really familiar to some of you guys. We're going to do a duet. No, we're not doing a duet. That's not what's going to feel familiar. So obviously this is a little bit different. Um, I feel like I'm like part of a game show or a... Anyway, um, this is going to feel really familiar because it's an anniversary that you know nothing about. Um, so next year, next year's uh, 25 years for adventure, or for, yeah, for adventure, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So what is this anniversary? This weekend, it was 24 years ago today that we had our first public worship service. Isn't that crazy? And it was 25 years ago this week that my family moved to Davenport not knowing what we were getting into. So, you know, we spent some time just kind of looking back on that, thinking about that, and um, thought it'd be fun. This is going to be totally different than one of our, our normal uh, Sunday morning services, but um, I get to interview Tony. <laughs> so I got to interview Tony and Steph on Thursday, but Steph bailed on us. That was the better interview. Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, so she'll talk. She, I'm not, I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> so... Uh, so today, we just kind of want to talk a little bit about, about that, and, and really, I guess, it goes to why we're here and what God has called us to accomplish, because I think the dream that God gave you guys 25 years ago is still alive today. And so, you know, these are good moments because they, they help us to kind of refocus, and, um, and I hope, you know, I was thinking about this on the drive down today, um, I, Thursday was really neat for me because it's also an encouragement. Sometimes we need those examples of stepping out a little bit, and this is not to put Tony or stuff on like this high pedestal, but just to remember sometimes the great adventures are hopping into a U-Haul and, uh, and driving somewhere you've never been before. And I, I want to think of it like the Clampets where you had stuff on the roof. But, uh, it wasn't anyway. much different than that. Actually, I got, I got a little backstory yeah. for your statement there. Um, when we moved to Iowa, we moved to Ankeny, Iowa, and um, we moved right after Christmas of 94, and we started in Ankeny on January 1st of 95, and on the drive up here, we stopped to get gas at Middle Road in 74, and... Uh, I got out and I got gas there and I remember looking around and I had this weird thought as I'm standing there pumping gas and of course you remember that intersection was really different back then, way different back then. And I remember standing there pumping gas and looking around at the town and I don't know what it was about it and I got back in the car and I told Steph, she'll vouch for this, I told Steph, this might be a good town to work in someday. I wasn't sure where we were. I knew we'd just crossed the state line. I figured it was probably Davenport, but that whole Davenport-Bettendorf thing still confuses me. Um, I can't tell where the, where the city lines are. I call it 74. And Anything then, on that side of 74, that's The 74 me, that's corridor. It. And uh, then when we drove north, I looked over at Steph and I said, good Lord, they have a castle. 
Remember Jimmers? <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Never mind. Go ahead. Was that it? Carry on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so going back a little, going back to that. So I know you know you've told the story a lot, and if you haven't been through Discovering Adventure, you can hear this part of the story. So the the story of you know you guys were in Ankeny, and uh, CM invited you got you to come out. Really wanted you to plant. You said no, and you came out to do a, a bit of a survey for them, and and fell in love with the area. And, and again, you can fill in those. I know you've told that story hundreds and hundreds of times over the last 25 years. Um, but kind of looking at that, maybe from a different perspective, so how do you, looking back now, going back 25 years, how did God prepare um, you and Steph for, for this? And then I guess and then on the other side of that, the second part of that question is, how do you think that God was preparing the Quad Cities and Davenport for adventure? Yeah, sure. We, Steph and I had... <coughs> uh, We'd worked traditional churches all of our lives, and everything was about preserving the status quo as it was. And you weren't allowed to try anything new. In fact, if you tried anything new, I remember, I remember uh, a board meeting at a former church, um, and I had bought a carpet, just a big piece of rug for the entryway, because people were tracking dirt in. And... The next uh, elders meeting we had, I got my rear end reamed out for buying a $30 carpet for the front of the room, from the entryway, which made it look much nicer. And I thought then, I'm going to die here. Um, and it's not going to be a natural death. And I just thought, we've got, if we can't even change anything a little bit, how in the world do we connect with new people? And... Uh, I'd always liked the security of being in an established church because it's quite secure. They don't change, which is both good and bad. Um, but as that went on, it was just eating my soul out. Uh, we had a lot of friends that weren't believers and also wouldn't attend our church, um, even though they'd come to our they'd come to our apartment for Bible study, but they wouldn't come to our church. We thought this is just not working. And I finally just got to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. And um, I actually went and did an application at Menards because um, that's how serious I was about getting out. But uh, we, the one good thing that came out of that particular congregation was Ron and Shelly Wicks, who were here. They came to Adventure and helped us out uh, after we moved, after Ron started speaking to me again. I was going to say, after he forgave you, After right? he forgave me for leaving. Um, but uh, the thing we loved about the Quad Cities, uh, we kind of loved its unchurchedness, I guess would be the way to put it. There was a, a big demographic study done that said 71% of the people of Scott County were considered unchurched. And by unchurched, it means they didn't claim, like, I'm Lutheran, but I don't go. They didn't claim a church at all. And to us, we saw that that's an area that needs to hear the gospel. And we need to find a way that is not, we need to find a way that actually works to do that. And so I think when we came over, we were at the right point in our lives um, and willing to take a risk. And Scott County was honestly at, at the right point in its life too in development. And it's just been a blessing since it worked. I think kind of the right place at the right time. So. You know, we, we kind of, this wasn't a question, by the way, that I did Thursday night, so this is totally okay. off the top of my head. Yeah, okay. yeah, so this is an adventure. Um, you know, we romanticized the, the disciples. 
we romanticize everything as we look back on it. We put halos over our heads and stained glass. And, you know, I think a lot of us read the Gospels and we look and go, well, they had it all together. And the beginning of the church just went and it grew because we read where it went thousands. And I have a feeling there are probably, it's easy to look at where adventure is now and go, well, of course it was going to be a success. And of course, you know, it this and of course that. So just out of curiosity, so how scared were you coming here and what were your biggest fears? Well, I'd say that over the first five years of living in Davenport, I probably about 2.30 in the morning vomited twice my body weight in the middle of the night from nerves. Um, it was just, it was scary. And we didn't know what we were getting into. And I would have people would ask, and they'd say, well, what's your goal as a, you know, what, what's your immediate goal as a church planner? And I would tell them, well, <laughs> uh, to be alive when it's over, um, to be able to have church next Sunday. That's my next goal. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was, it was kind of terrifying. I knew the first day that for sure that there would be four people there because Steph and I were making Josh and Caleb come with us. And... Uh, so when we, when we uh, had people show up, that, you know, that felt pretty good. But I'll tell you what, we were making it up as we went along. And we made a lot of changes from what we thought was going to happen. Uh, we made a lot of changes. A lot of them were good. Um, our prayer was, you know, at first we were praying, God, bring us people. Then he brought us people, and he brought us some weirdos. Not going to lie. <laughs> um, one of the dark little secrets of church planting is, is that anybody who's looking for a power vacuum to get sucked into and take over will come to a new church. And so that first wave of people to new church is often sick and perverted. And uh, we had some of that um, at the beginning. And then we realized, oh, wait, we need to be more specific. Lord, bring us the right people. <laughs> and uh, then you guys started showing up. And uh, so that's, you know, that was kind of a change of plans, but it was, it was good. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Don't really ever want to do it again, but wouldn't trade it for anything. But it, it did not go according to plan, but it went according to God's plan. Mm -hmm. And that's the plan we were hoping to, hoping to work with. So I, I know, and I've had the opportunity to work with CEM and, and church planners. You've worked with many, many, many church planners. And one of the things that we know for sure is um, the people who are, People who are planting the church, you know, a lot of the DNA ends up of the church is, is from them. Um, but at the same time, that early group that kind of comes in for really the first probably three years or so really sets the DNA for a church. Um, so who are the people, when you look at what adventure is now, whose DNA do you see? And what, what did they, what, what other people kind of oh, contributed sure. in and what, what did that look like? Sure. So one of, the, one of the fun things we did when we were still meeting at KSI. We met at KSI, yes, back before they did the remodel. And um, who, who's still here? Is anybody here from KSI? Anybody here? Not, not going to KSI now. Yeah, but. not going to KSI now, but actually we're at KSI when, yes, we still got some people. Yeah. So I passed out cards one Sunday, and we were probably running, I can't remember, I think we might have been running about 180 or something like that. I passed out index cards in the service, and I asked people, write your name at the bottom and write the name of the person who invited you to adventure at the top. And so they did. And so I took all those cards out. I got permission from KSI to go out in the middle of the night. So I went out on their dance floor that they had. 
and I started putting cards in clusters based on the name that was at the top of the card and built basically a family tree of who came from who. And I found that even at that time when we were uh, running about 180, that everybody in the church could be traced back to three or four families who were there at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, I think if we did the same thing today, it would probably go back to about a half dozen families that were there at the beginning. But that's just that DNA of the church growing and friends inviting friends inviting friends. And so it was really interesting to see. And like, so our Welcome Center, uh, when we started it, it was just a place to pick up stuff. I mean, there wasn't even anybody there. And uh, then we had a couple named Tim and Dina Golson. Um, some of you may remember Tim and Dina. He worked for Wells Fargo. And after about two years, they sent him to Iowa City, and he's the one who started all the Wells Fargo banks in Iowa City and Coralville and all that. He's a, an adventurer. But uh, Tim and Dina took over the Welcome Center and made it a fantastic thing. We had a gal by the name of Margaret Lewis who started our cafe for us and really developed the cafe into what it became. Um, and there's just... A lot of stuff that has been really good. Most of the good things that have happened at Adventure have come from people who came along with ideas and, and or my wife, to be real honest. Um, so that DNA is all through there, and we love it's been allowed to modify and adapt and so forth as we've gone, but it's just been so much fun seeing things that happen. Our technology stuff started with a gal named uh, Mitzi Yoakum, and with Mitzi, we used an infrared keyboard so she could sit in the crowd and run the computer, which was behind a screen out in front of us. And one of the things we hadn't considered when we were at Wood was that fluorescent lights, like in a gymnasium, are sending off an infrared signal. <laughs> and so the slides would randomly change. And sometimes the slides would go all the way through, like in four seconds. Every slide we had would go all the way through, and Mitzi would be sitting on the front row. And so I would make fun of her. Um, and then she would go up and try to figure out what it was. Then she came up with the simplest of solutions, which was to put a piece of duct tape over the top of the eye so that it couldn't see the ceiling. But it only took us about six weeks to come up with that. And thousands of slides we ran through in one service one day. So, uh, but you look back at all that, and it's just been so much fun because every person who's come here and has volunteered here has added something to what we've done and, and helped make it what it is. So scripture says that uh, every church, we're like the body of Christ, so some of you are the fingers and toes and legs and arms and eyeballs and all that stuff. But we also kind of believe that about the church in an area as well. So what part of the body is adventure in Davenport? I'm scared to ask this question. We've tried to avoid one part. <laughs> probably failed a few times with that. Hopefully we don't need to explain what that is. Yeah, I think probably in the community we're, from what I, I understand from my pastor friends and other people, we're kind of seen as the hands and the feet and sometimes the back uh, because Adventure's done a lot of heavy lifting in the community um, on all kinds of things. If there's something needs to be done in the community that uh, is church, capital C, universal church related, Adventure people are always in the middle of it, always in the middle of it. And uh, when we go do disaster relief stuff, we have a bunch of other churches that jump on with us and go. 
because they can't do it themselves, but they'll run with us. So that's been fun. That's been good. So this is kind of throwaway, but give me one of the funniest moments over the last 25 years. Well, probably what most that people would Mark. consider <laughs> Sorry, what Mark. most people would consider funny usually involves bodily injury to me. Injury to me. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've had so many weird moments, some good moments. Do what? Oh yeah, I called everybody in the church dingleberries one day, and I did not know that was a real word. <laughs> <laughs> Nor did I know what it meant. I just thought it sounded funny. <laughs> and I went back to sit down, and Nita Brooks handed me her phone with the dictionary open, showing me dingleberries. Another thing like, you'd get fired for at an established oh, man, church. No, yeah, I would have been fired in a regular church for that, which would have proved that I was right when I said it. Um, but, uh, yeah. So there's been, I don't know, there have been a lot of funny times. I, I love our people we get. We've had people get up and give our testimonies. And as they're giving their testimonies, they drop the F-bomb. Um, but as inappropriate as that is, it's still reality, right? It's people growing, and I've loved that. But we've had a lot of, we've just had a ton of fun stuff. We've done so much stuff wrong and figured it out after the fact. But uh, I don't know. I really can't isolate any one thing. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, how about I open it up to you? Anybody got a question for Tony about uh, kind of looking back over the last 25 years and thinking about adventure? We had some good ones uh, Thursday night. Anybody? I know I'm springing it on you. How did we end up here? How did we end up here? Oh, man, that's... So, we got I, I got to go... 13 minutes. got so. 13 minutes. Okay, I got to go way back to answer that question. Um, when we first came to town, we had to find a place for the church to meet. And so the first place that I went to look for a place to meet was the Moose Club. And so I came into the Moose Club, and they walked me back down the hallway. It's the security room now. And that was, I went into the office door there, into the nursery, which we've rearranged the doors and stuff there, so it's kind of hard to picture. But there was like three offices across the front there. And they took me into the far office, and um, the guy who was in there was smoking a cigar, sitting behind a newspaper. And the uh, gal that greeted me, kind of, I don't know what her job was, secretary or something, walked me back there and said to him, hey, I got a guy here that wants to rent, uh, wants to rent uh, our dance hall for having church in on Sundays. And he didn't even lower his paper the smoke just continued to poof up over the top like there was a steam engine behind a paper. And he said, we don't rent to churches for anything. And that was the extent of it. And uh, so we ended up eventually down, well, we ended up starting down here at West. Or not West. Wood. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Wood. I'm not going to lie. That was a good feeling. Um, down here at Wood. And uh, so during that time as we're looking for a place, we finally came to a point to where we realized we needed to do something different. We knew we were wearing out. Everywhere we would go, they would end up remodeling at some point, not because of us, um, but they would end up remodeling. And we had done a spiritual gifts class that fall. So it was in the fall of 2005. And we had like 35 people in the spiritual gifts class. And uh, like 22 or 23 of the people in the spiritual gifts class, their primary spiritual gift was the gift of craftsmanship. 
and which means being able to create, develop, build, and so forth things that contribute to worship and serving God. And the most we'd ever had would be like two people maybe in a whole class. Well, in this one, it was two-thirds of the class had that spiritual gift. And so I sat down with the leadership team, Mark and, and Ron and uh, Greg, and we're looking at this thing going, what does this mean? This is just so far out there. This is bizarre. And so we talked about it. We prayed about it, and we decided maybe what that's telling us is it's time for us to get a building because we have the people to deal with it. And uh, so we decided let's explore. And so we opted to sell bonds, and so we brought in a company to sell bonds. Most churches can't go get a loan at first. They have to have bonds, and uh, which like people buying stock in the church. And so we uh, brought a guy in. He talked to everybody. We set up a day for people to go and buy bonds. And we sold out of all of our bonds to buy this place, which we found, which was a whole, that'll take 30 minutes to tell that story. But we were able to uh, leverage our land, which we'd bought when we were a couple years old, as collateral. And then with the bonds, we sold out of a million dollars, something in bonds in about 45 minutes. Hmm. We didn't know. And I walked back in. I was like one of the last people to have an appointment because I was like being the hostess out front. And uh, I walked into the room and I said, all right. And he goes, Pastor, I got to tell you something. I said, yeah. And he goes, we don't have any bonds to sell you for your church. They're all gone. His name was Dwayne. And I looked at him and said, Dwayne, I cannot walk out of here without church bonds. And so I bought bonds for Church Christ in Texas. <laughs> and I walked out with my paper going, I got my bonds. <laughs> Um, but we ended up, we ended up here because this place had been a school and it had failed and it actually went into foreclosure and we figured out the bank that bought it back and we talked to them and they sold it to us and we were able to buy it for about a third of what the asking price was a couple days before. And, uh, so we moved in here and I used to have an office down the hallway. Guess which office was mine? The guys are going, we're going to give you this big office. I said, I want the big office. I want the office in the back. It's going to smell like cigar smoke. <laughs> and so that was my office for a while. But God just opened a lot of doors to get us in here. And uh, it's been a good home for us. But it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird room, but it's been a good home for us. So what was the dream? I mean, you guys, God's... Sure. You're in Ankeny. You're sorting through it. You talked a little bit about this. Sure. but. What was the dream? What was the prayer hopping in the car and, uh, and driving to Davenport 25 years ago this weekend? Yeah. We just wanted to, we wanted to make sure that we could create a space where new people could find, find Christ and find family. That was our goal. That was, everything else was secondary to that. That was literally the, the goal. We wanted to have a place that people wanted to go to go to church, especially my kids. And, uh, that meant all the traditional stuff was off the table. Not the biblical beliefs, but the way we've done it. Because much of what the church does today, I know a lot of churches want to rip on the Catholic church, and we have some, some significant disagreements with the Catholic church, but the reality is that they still imitate the Catholic church <laughs> as much as they want to complain about it. And we thought we need to find something that is more like Scripture and more like the early church. And one of the things we noted up front was that the early church, anytime Jesus did deep teaching, he did it sitting down over food. And so that felt like the best format for us to try to follow. 
and uh, and it's it's worked. So in 25 years, what's the prayer today? I mean, you've gotten through that. Your kids are here. Your grandkids are here. You get to baptize yep. your grandchild just uh, what two weeks ago. Yeah. So what's what's the prayer now? Uh, the prayer is just that adventure keeps doing what it needs to do to reach new generations, and that really as far as man-made traditions go that the one man-made tradition we need to keep is change we need to hang on to that and continue to change and continue to adapt and i've said it's kind of tongue-in-cheek and it's also kind of true i have my style of music you like or i like you have your style of music you like my goal is that when i finally die that i die and i leave behind a church with whose music i am completely uncomfortable I hope to absolutely hate the music here by the time I die. And the reason for that is that it's outgrown me. Because it's not about me. It's not about me. And it never has been about me. And I want it to continue to grow and thrive and, and change. And uh, I just want to see the church be healthy and continue on the mission for as long as God will have it. Considering your favorite music is bagpipes. With, I know. Uh, <laughs> with electric guitar over top of it, I, I, I think you're safe. I want you to know that we had the best Christmas Eve service a couple years ago. I brought a bagpiper in <laughs> to play Christmas carols on Christmas Eve, and we sang with a bagpiper. I'm seriously thinking about bringing him back. But like for a Sunday in March, like right around St. Patrick's Day. So and I've heard you mention before, change is kind of number one tradition, and, and you see that, so... We're 25 years in. Um, we have no idea, shoot, what the next 25 minutes holds. Um, I think 10-year plans are off the table for, I don't even think IBM's making 10-year plans anymore. Um, that, that's out of that. But as you look towards the future, what are some of the, what are two or three things that you see that's, that you think are integral for us as we continue to move forward and continue that, that dream on that God planted into, into adventure here what are some things that, that we need to be doing to, to kind of carry that dream on? Well, I think we need to be sure that we're not turning into some of the people that we've resented in the past. Because hmm. a lot of you have come from churches or you visited churches and you go like, I can't stand that. They're so lost in the past. Right now is the next generation's past, <laughs> right? And we need to not be locked into our comfort. We need to be sure that we're able to adjust and the theology is not going to change. What God says is right is still going to be right. What God says is wrong is still going to be wrong. But how we deliver and what we do can, can modify, can adapt to share. The world's becoming more and more digital. And so I think our ministry is going to have to become more and more digital. Uh, music's going to have to evolve. Maybe even this setting has to evolve. Um, we're going to have to continue to reach out. But the reality is no matter how much everything else changes, the one thing that will never change is that people still have to have people and the gospel still has to be shared and it's 99% of it is going to be one-on-one -on -one. Yeah. and people have to continue to share the gospel one-on-one -on -one with their friends, with their loved ones. And that's really what we're going to have to, we just have to make sure that stays the same. Everything else can change. I don't care. Maybe we go back to chairs. Someday, maybe we go back to straight rows. If that's what the, if that's what the younger culture is going to need at some point, I'm okay with that. But the message doesn't change. All this other stuff, is, these are accoutrements. I'm uh, not going back to pews. 
You're not going back to I'm, I'm not doing that. So we have just, one back there just for Dave know. Lang, so he feels at home. <laughs> I come in and find him whimpering on that pew once in a while. But uh, anyhow. No, I appreciate that because the, the one thing that the death of every church is when the people of the church quit developing new relationships and quit inviting friends, period. Yeah, right. that's it. Um, yeah, again, today is a little bit different, and uh, hopefully it's been a little bit fun, maybe a little insightful. I, I think the, the big thing that we, uh, that we were hoping would come out of this is just, it's not as much looking back, and again, it's not to put Tony and Steph on a pedestal or to do any of that. It's really just to go back to who are we, and w- the reality is the vision's never changed. Right. Nope. Um, and the vision is still the vision. The, the thing that got planted, that dream that got planted is still the dream today of, of reaching people, broken people, hurting people, yeah. people who don't fit anywhere else and giving them a place to encounter God and people to uh, walk with them encountering God and doing that. Is that a fair summary? That's a fair summary, yep. Um, anything, what, what do you want to say just at the end of this thing as we close this out? Um, I love you guys. And my wife especially loves you guys. She loves all of you. I love most of you and <laughs> like some of the others. But uh, I'll tell you, the, the whole thing with adventure, I mean, this is my wife and I, this is our church. Someday we won't be on staff here anymore. Don't know when that'll be, but this is still going to be our church. And uh, we love this church. We'll always, always be around somewhere, even if roles change. But uh, my best encouragement to you, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't follow the culture. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look at what Jesus has said. Look at what he's taught. And uh, look, at, look at the New Testament. That describes the church, the New Testament. The rest of the New Testament is the commentary on how the church is to live out what Jesus said. Don't rule part of it out. Don't do this crap where people say, oh, that was 2,000 years ago, and I don't believe that anymore. It's still true. It's still true. And it doesn't matter if you believe it or like it or not. It's still true. And a life that isn't built on that kind of understanding of Scripture is a life that's built on a fake gospel and is built on a fake Savior. Fake savior the, the real Savior makes demands of us that we don't like. And the New Testament explains what some of those demands are. So stay faithful to Scripture even when you're told by your friends that's foolishness, that's bigotry, that's hate, whatever. You, still, you know that it's not. Just because they say it is doesn't mean it is, right? <laughs> but what Scripture says is true is still true. What Scripture says is wrong is still wrong. And we've got to be faithful to that. That's the whole thing we're built on. I just encourage you, continue to grow and continue to be faithful. And uh, this family of God in this place, this location, may change locations over the years, may branch out over the years, but the reality is it can continue for generations to come and have the same loving principle of evangelism and getting Jesus to broken people that you have had. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to ask you guys to do something he would never, um, he'd never do on his own. I, I want to pray over Tony and Steph and their ministry over the last 25 years and also just pray over adventure, um, where it is now and where we go. Um, so would you guys join with me in, in doing that real quick? Father, I, um, I thank you for, for what you've done here um, over the last 24 years, and I thank you for the dream that you planted 
Antonian stuff 25 years ago, and uh, I get to be part of that too. I don't know if I would be in ministry today if 15 years ago I didn't encounter adventure Antonian stuff and um, just everybody who is, who is a part of this. Um, so I'm a product too, and I thank you for, for how that you've impacted me and impacted so many people um, because it's not just the, the people who show up on Sundays now. Over the last 25 years, it is thousands and thousands of people. And so we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for the people that you've given a dream to and who've been faithful with that. I pray that you continue to bless Tony and Steph and their family um, and keep them faithful to, to what you've called them to. But Father, I also pray that you move adventure forward in whatever way, shape, or form that you need to do. Uh, Father, just help us to be faithful to being open to whatever next steps you lay in front of us, whatever they look like, whatever it entails, um, no matter what, Father, just never let us get in the way. Father, we thank you for what you do. We thank you for how you love us. We thank you for drawing us together as a family. And we thank you most of all for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.